Y'all know what it is. Y'all ready? Turn it up. One, two, Unscripted, unshackled, uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel and Holly, uncensored from Hot 101.5. Well, hello. It Hi. is Miguel and Holly Uncensored. We are the morning show on Hot 101.5. How you doing? In Tampa Bay. And it's Holly and I who do the show. My name is Miguel Fuller. That's Holly O'Connor. Producer Ryan is pretty much gone from the podcast for a little bit. We didn't touch on it last week, but I thought we should have. And the fact that he was noticeably missing. Like, he wasn't even... We didn't even speak on it, but he wasn't here. And it, it... Harkens back to I think the last not last podcast but the one before that where we were like oh Ryan's got a new job I mean obviously he's still producing our show but he's also now doing promotion stuff mm-hmm. okay well the promotion stuff have swallowed him up yeah I mean he literally he was done uh, with editing our show stuff and putting it online like around nine fifty and yeah. he jetted out of the studio because he had to be in a promotions meeting. So that sort of has taken up a lot of his time outside of us. So unfortunately, only when he has time will he be able to come on the podcast. Yeah. And I feel like that's not not ever gonna happen. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Holly? I don't know. I mean Here's why I like Ryan on the podcast, because it gives a different voice besides just, oh, me and you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like us, but I don't know how much everybody likes us to be not ever broken up with something else. Right. Um, I think it provides a unique spin because the two of us do tend to think a lot alike. Mm-hmm. Although we got some good advice a while back from our life coach slash morning show coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, about how to separate our ourselves. Right. But we're a lot of the times uniquely similar. <laughs> and Ryan would provide a good, like, you know, third person lightning bolt character and would. I remember Steve Kramer a couple, like a year ago, maybe was like, I feel like Ryan's the only level headed one of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Which may be the truth, whatever. I'm level headed enough. I also am level-headed enough. What we need to do is make sure that at any given point, one of the two of us is being level-headed. You know what? I think that's bullshit. Okay. I think, you know what? Be yourself. And this is why we do the podcast. Because when you are when you do a radio show, there are so many, like, hoops and, and fire sticks you have sticks to be this and carry. that and all these things. And, and you know, when you hear us on the radio, like, it, it is unique. That's us. That is us Correct. coming through the speakers. But, but it's us with caveats because right. you have to, contrary to potentially popular belief, you don't just open the microphone and start talking on the radio. Like, right. it is so structured and everything is said the way it's said and um, when and how often. For a reason, even though it's us, it's us within the parameters of how you do radio. Right. This allows us to be ourselves with no restraints. Like, literally, this is just me. This is grouchy, (laughs) 
I hate everyone, but I love everyone. You're cantankerous. I am going to be a bitter old man one day. Oh, no doubt. You are going to be the get off my lawn. (laughs) I don't have time for this. No, I'm not buying your bullshit candy bar. (laughs) Man. And it's going to be hilarious, but really sad for those younger people. Like, I feel like I'll be at a Target as an old black man, and I will just be, like, elbowing people out of my way. Yes. I don't have time for this. I'm just trying to get my gain lavender laundry detergent. You will have less and less ability to fix your face, I think, as you get older. <laughs> because right now, you at least are do a really good job of not showing annoyance when you're annoyed in public. Not the case when you get to be, like, let's, how old are you? So, like, 30 years from now? Yeah. You're gonna be a bitch in public. <laughs> You're. I don't want to. I don't want to run into your ass, and crabby old bitch. I'll be. There'll be fun times. By then, when? Nah, when I'm drinking. Oh. When I'm, when and I'm, then what's funnier still about that is that when you're drinking, you think it doesn't matter where you are or who you're with. You are allowed to have a hoot nanny up in there. Damn right. I'll be at the old folks' home and I'll be like, where's my vodka? Mm-hmm. Who gonna bring me my vodka? Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that I have noticed about older people as, you know, my mom has been in assisted living now for a few months mm-hmm. is... um. They give zero fucks. Yeah. And I mean, deservedly so. You right. spend your whole life giving fucks, and then mm-hmm. suddenly you're like in this home where uh, most of them, I'm assuming, don't want to be. Right. Um, <laughs> when we were moving out, because she moved out of her one into a new one last week. Mm-hmm. And when we were moving out, you know, I was standing at the little health clinic getting ready for them to give me all her prescriptions on a paper. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting there. And this old lady, she was probably in her late 80s this thin frail old woman with white hair who was wearing a Winnie the Pooh overalls <laughs> and socks with no shoes was on her using her walker and mm-hmm. uh, nowadays I don't know if you've seen but they don't have like regular like what we consider walkers that are mm. just metal they have those um, combo walker and seats where oh, you can sit yeah. on them mm-hmm. so she wheels on into this little health clinic with her walker and she sat down in the middle of it and this is not a big office it's small uh-huh. so they had to walk around her to get to somewhere and she goes I'm upset and they're like miss whoever can we help you with something mm-hmm. and she's like I was promising somebody from this place was going to help my family move in, but I haven't seen anybody. I'm not moving here until I see someone. Oh, yes. I was like, wow, that lady gives zero fucks. And she just sat there. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, you'll have to wait just a moment while we get this other stuff ready. Mm -hmm. And she just sat there. No. Listen, my grandma, I remember, I'll never forget this. She was in the hospital for something a few, or back when I was in high school. And they had kept her for a little bit longer than what she wanted to be in there. And she was like, I'm fine. It always is. And so we're like, well, you know, grandma, they said you got to stay here. She said, I am done. Mm. Now, let me tell you something about my grandma. Miss Cole is a Christian lady. She does not raise her voice. She does not say bad words. She does not eat meat. She is of Christian virtue. She wakes up every morning and reads her Bible. She does Bible study every Wednesday. I have never (laughs) seen Miss Cole act like that before. She got up and, you know, she had a stroke in the 90s and her right side was paralyzed. She kind of hobbles around a little bit. And she started banging dressers and banging drawers. And we're like, what are you doing? She said, sit down and watch. And she's banging stuff around. The nurses come in and they're like, are you okay, Miss Cole? What do you need? She goes, I'm ready to go home. And they were like, okay, well, let's talk to the doctor. No, I'm going home now. And we were like, 
oh my gosh. <laughs> and they said, okay, man, well, let's go ahead and get your discharge papers ready to go. The nurse leaves the room. She hobbles back over to the bed and she said, sometimes you got to act like a Negro to get stuff done. I was like, oh, my my God. God, That is ridiculous. Listen, so sometimes when you oh, you just got to act a fool to get stuff done. Listen, like I said. You give zero fucks. Yeah, seriously. No, I understand that. That old lady and her Winnie the Pooh overall. I I try to sometimes in life to to not give fucks, but it's so hard, I feel like, when you are at this point in life to not give fucks. Well, you know why? Because society is not built on people not giving fucks. Right. Um, If I did that, if I just was upset about something and planted myself in someone's office, they would say that I'm not easy to work with. Mm. And that would impact my future ability to get jobs. Like, you can't do that as a, as a 30, 40, 50-year-old adult. You cannot do that because that impacts how the rest of your life goes. But I think it's when you get old and you do, what else you got going on. It's not going to impact any future business. So you're just like, fuck this. See, but I wonder, though, because I know that there are people that we – that are in our industry who we have heard are difficult, but they have garnered success through Mm. the years and they've gotten accolades and they've gotten, you know, they've worked their way up the ladder of radio and have gotten much success by being a bitch, by acting like a Negro. Yeah. And when something ain't right. And so what's the balance? Because I do like just being completely honest. I feel like sometimes that's, been our problem and our progression because we're too nice because we're both way too nice and with something is not right we're both first per- the first people to say oh it's fine it's yeah, fine it's no, okay we'll handle it. i understand we'll handle it like for instance like ryan not being full-time like i feel like if this were someone else mm. they would be like well we're not going on the air until he's full-time we need this person dedicated to make this show what it is. Yeah. I don't know. Is that a product of maybe a dying era when that was allowed? Um, or is that just that's how some people are? I Because I feel like those people aren't necessarily well-liked, but I guess you don't have to be. It just I think it depends on your personality and right. if you're okay with treating other people like shit sometimes. I guess I I wonder if there's like a balance you have to go through of you know well, maybe you have to deliver you can't act like that and not deliver you know what what you promise like for right. example if you're in radio if you're a morning show host and you go and act like a complete asshole in an office somewhere mm-hmm. if your ratings are bad and you're acting like an asshole why would anyone keep you right so if you can deliver on your promise I think that allows you more leeway to be an asshole sometimes but you absolutely have to pick your battles I feel but do people have to treat you with uh is that how you get respect no and and not I don't by think so. well and and let me amend that not by being like a complete asshole and just sort of like you know trashing through the office and calling out people and being what we know of of what morning personalities used to be yeah but by being assertive and by saying no when you need to yes that yes you have to we have to stand up for ourselves i mean you have to be able to know your worth and know your value and know when you're being taken advantage of or walked on Mm -hmm. which i i started developing that skill i think like 10 years ago when i started mornings because i feel like it's easy to take advantage of 
somebody in this business right and you know not pay them what they deserve or not do this or that or whatever um so i tried but that's sort of a skill if you're not innately born with it you really have to work to develop that skill yeah uh but to your point yes i do think that that does garner respect but you have to have a, a business sense or like a um a, a balance of what's gonna work and what's not gonna work and know people in order to pull that off mm. It's interesting because I've I've been thinking about this a lot um, and sort of looking at like where our careers are going and sort of watching, you know, because we've been in the business now for a while and sort of people that we started with and sort of watching like who is getting a lot of success and who sort of stagnated and then looking at sort of the bigger entertainment picture and looking at someone like Ellen Pompeo from Grey's Anatomy who gave an amazing uh, interview with Hollywood Reporter when they said that, you know, she's TV's $20 million woman. Like that's how much she makes a year. And she was very unapologetic. She goes, I didn't get here, you know, uh, by accident. But at the same time, like, you got a demand for what you're worth. And she said there was a lot of times with Grey's Anatomy coming up through the years where they would say, well, um, I think it was like after what's his name? uh, McDreamy left. um, Whatever his name. Patrick Patrick Dempsey. Dempsey. And, you know, they were like, all right, we need to find another guy. And she goes. The show is called Grey's Anatomy, and I am Meredith Grey. Yeah. We don't need to rush to find someone to fill that spot. But they did, and the person was an asshole. It didn't work out. Mm. And then they tried it again. And then finally, when they were like, let us do what we need to do, when her and Shonda Rhimes, they spoke up for themselves. But sort of like what you said, they had that success behind them. Yeah. And so it's like, do you go into a new situation busting balls or do you wait until you get success and then you bust balls i think the latter you have to at least deliver something because why would anybody put up with being with that sort of attitude or behavior if they don't know what you can bring to the table right they're thinking that you're just a diva or Mm. that you are going to be like i said difficult to work with Mm -hmm. i think once you start to show that you know you've got some credibility then you have a little more leeway to make demands right and i think that's in any industry Hmm. Not just media or um, television, right. movies, whatever. Any job you go to. Yeah. That's so fascinating. I find all that sort of interesting. And you got to put the to- time. Right. You have to put the effort and the time and the hard work in in order. And then I think it leverages a little bit. I mm-hmm. think you would feel when you're starting to be like, I can start asking for more. Mm. Right. I interrupted you. What were you going to say? No, no. You know what? Now that you said that, that's absolutely right. Because, I mean, we've worked at places before where you could feel that, like, all right, if I want this, I can ask for it and I'm going to get it. Yes. Because I have the uh, success to back it up with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, I, I think this also right now we're in a time where women and minorities, people of color, gay and lesbian people are trying to find their voice. And there was an awesome quote, I wish I could remember, that Ryan Murphy, who does like Glee and American Horror Story, because he just had this whole big deal where he just made, or he's about to make $300 million from Netflix. Mm. And one of the things he said is that for so long, women, people of color, gay and lesbian people, we were just okay with whatever they gave us. We were just happy to be in the room. Right. And he's like, not anymore. We yeah. know what we can bring. We it know our worth. It took steps to get there. At first, we weren't even in the room. Right. And then we were in the room. We we're like, you know, we got a step. We're good. Right. So now it's like an, another wave of uh, progress. Now, do you think that sometimes, and this is, I wish Ryan was here for this. I know. Like, I, if 
some men, uh, white men, feel like now they have to not stand as tall because they'll be looked at as if they're not being progressive and like letting women or minorities uh, sort of show their voices and let their voices shine. I would say that that's a shame if you feel that way because you and women are really good about this, like trying to lift each other up. And one of the memes that I see in part of my women's groups and this and that that I'm on is <clears> like, <throat> you don't have to. Uh, Real women fix each other's crowns or whatever it is, mm. like that thing, where it's like you don't have to knock someone down in order to make yourself shine. Same with men, I think. Like, we need men's help, straight white men's help, you know, mm-hmm. in order to open that door because without it, like, the door would just be closed with all of them. That's right. it. Right. So you need that help. But also, I'm not trying to steal what you've got. Mm. I think you still need to, because I'm not a, a, a straight man. Right. I don't claim to be a straight man. I don't claim to be any man, to be honest. Like, I'm me, and I want this me to shine. That means I also need you. I need your masculine energy. I need that, what it is that you provide. I'm not saying I want it to go away. I'm just saying I would like an equal place at the table. Right. So I don't want men to shrug down and, like, let let the women have a moment. I think that, like, you need to still, you know, be who you are, but also be cognizant that as, you know— for decades it's but you've been the leader i just need uh you to open that door for me right and and vouch for me i'm not trying to steal what you have and also be able to get a fair shot <clears throat> at whatever it is that you're going yeah, out uh, for. yeah absolutely like i would never want a job just because i'm black or gay i would want to be considered because of my talents right i don't want to fill a quota right. i mean I, and this is the problem that i had when it was like and I don't know when this was. When I was little, I feel like that's when affirmative action happened. Mm-hmm. And, and however you want to, I, I would, I don't even know what it, all of it was, but I know that it, it, for as good of things that it brought, it also brought a wave of not good things because right. then it became like, well, it comes down to these two people that maybe, you know, this maybe is a little person, person more talented, but we're looking for this type of person. Right. I right. don't love when that happens. Right. Because I want the best people for whatever job right. we're talking about. Right. But it's a hard, I guess, I guess it's a slippery slope. Well, I, don't know. I, I, I think that was one of those steps you take in sort of becoming a more progressive society and sort of giving everyone an equal chance is you sort of kind of make those fumbles mm-hmm. as you're trying to figure out. Or it's like, this is what we have to work with now. So we're going to try and do this. And then we're like, oh, well, there's some drawbacks. Right. It's sort of like don't ask, don't tell for the military in the 90s. Like at the time. Great. Like, yeah. I could be gay. I can be in the military. And then it was like, all right, that's great. But now I can't be myself. Right. I got to keep my life a secret when, you know, old Joe over here can share his wife and his children and is so excited. And yeah. I'm just sitting in silence saying, I'm, I'm, I am li- I'm, have no life. Right. This is it. Even though you have a full life yeah. that you want to share, but you can't because you're afraid of getting fired. Yeah. So I think times evolve. Exactly. Exactly. It's just an interesting time we're in right now where we are literally seeing change happen before our eyes. And each day, each time a new event happens or something else happens, we are seeing it change and evolve front of us and so when we're in our 50s and 60s and we can look back and say these were the years that mm-hmm. things maybe hopefully truly started to become equal agreed and we're gonna do some f- fumbles right i mean he you know what and i don't this is this is not have anything to do with this particular but for some reason i feel like it's sort of related we didn't get to talk about this in hot in hollywood today and i don't know if you have something else to talk about no girl let me just bring this up real quick i didn't it. get to because it's <clears throat> not like ariana grande so 
it's fine. Um, well, who was it that played Ross on Friends? Uh, David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer, yeah. Okay. So apparently David Schwimmer has always been a big advocate for women's rights. Well, he did an interview recently, and I just have like the bullet points of this story. I don't have the in-depth. But apparently he did an interview recently where he said there needs to be a spectrum of uh, sexual misconduct because right now we're in because obviously over the last year we've seen the rise of the me too movement and the um time's up movement and he's like these are great because you've got people that are coming forward and people are the, the balance is being restored but he's like unfortunately and obviously most of these people are men mm-hmm. they're being painted with the same brush and mm-hmm. you absolutely can't right. like you're let's put harvey weinstein up here as like the top this is what you don't want right. to do. That is the worst of the worst. Right. So we're going to go with the Harvey Weinsteins. Do you paint um, Aziz Ansari with the same Harvey Weinstein brush? He, right. Some girl that he went on a date with was like, well, I didn't say anything, but we went too f- far. And now you're, uh, um, I don't know what she said he was, but mm-hmm. like, you know, it came out in the, with the same breath that was like, oh, not Aziz Ansari too. He's just like Mel Lauer and Harvey Weinstein. Well, right. hold on a minute. Is he really? Mm. And so the the interview that David Schwimmer was giving was like there needs to be a spectrum because right now it's this atmosphere that's becoming worse of like fear and how do I speak up and how do I add my two cents without being everyone's a Harvey Weinstein. Right. Because there, it's just not that way. Like everyone's story should be heard and everyone should be able to speak out without feeling like it's a witch hunt. No, definitely. So, I mean, what is that spectrum? I mean, because I, I remember know. if I... I, re- th- I think just the mention of it is like, oh, yeah. Right. How do we do that? Well, because I remember when I read that article about Aziz Ansari, and if I don't... And I hope I don't, I'm not speaking out of turn with my memory, because that's been a couple of months since that whole article came out. But if I remember correctly, when... Because they went on a date, or they met at a party, yes. or at a, after, like an award, uh, after an award ceremony, they exchanged numbers. She went to his place for dinner, and then they walked across the street for dinner. They went back after some drinks and dinner, and then he basically was trying to fill her up because he thought the date was going that way. Mm-hmm. I think they had sex. I, I, they got close to it. Oh, I don't they, think they, they did. They fooled around, right. maybe? And I okay. think he did stuff to her. Got it. You know, um, And then she felt uncomfortable. I don't think... She said anything while she was there. She, she didn't just left. Say anything, right. and then later in her um, missive that she wrote, she was like, "You need to pick up because my body language said no." Right. Even if I didn't verbally say it. Right. And at the time, I was like, "Wait, are we not taking any responsibility at this point for?" I mean, that it it is so gray. Right. But I felt like. If you, this is a learning moment for women too. Yes, women are coming forward, but it's like you also have to take responsibility. And if you find yourself in a situation like that, you have to say no because you know yourself. Right. And you know what you're comfortable with and what you're not. You can't just assume that the person you're with can read your mind. Right. So that was a completely different situation. Like, I don't know. I don't know. None of us were there. But if she didn't say no, but these women with Harvey Weinstein were like, no, 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 please, no, please, no, please, no. Mm-hmm. Coercion, coercion. Those are two different things. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I feel like I, I mean, I've never been in that situation where I felt like I, I had to give the body language of no or that someone was telling me that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm very perceptive. And I even if, you know, literally we're both laying in the bed naked, I assume I'm like, well, 
does he like me? <laughs> Should I, do I, I just, and I, I mean, even in my relationship, like sometimes I'll be like, I'll put the tiptoe in and be like, hey. And if I get any sort of like, has like, he doesn't want to, I'm like, never mind. I was kidding, girl. I was, I was just kidding. And he's like, you don't have to do that. Like yeah. we are together. So if you feel a frisk, you feel frisk, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just always afraid of rejection. So I can understand how it would be hard to, if you don't, and especially on a first date where you don't know that person's body language yet, mm-hmm. like I know, like I know your body language, I mean, right. not when it comes to the bedroom. Oh yes, no. But you know, <laughs> like if we're out, like I, I know when you're uncomfortable. Yeah. I know when you're mad. I know when you're frustrated. I know when you're happy. I know all of that from working and being with you for ten years. You know. Yeah. Same. But if I just met you, and we we've only spent an hour and a half, all bets are off. I don't yeah. know what you really mean. That's and so difficult. It's hard. Like. It's just a, it's, I know that it's a tough situation, but those are the moments when you have to know yourself and know what, like my mom always was like, never put yourself in a situation you can't get out of. Mm. And I mean, obviously you fuck up and sometimes you do, but like that's in the back of my mind. I'm like, that means I have to take responsibility for some of it. Obviously I'm not saying like, and I don't want to, and this, this is the problem because what could happen all these words that I've just said, mm-hmm. someone could come at me and be like, what? You're victim blaming. Mm. You're victim shaming. Mm-hmm. How dare you? And please understand me that I'm not. Right. Because there is a there's a different situation, too, if you're, like, jogging and then someone pops out of a bush and, like, pulls you over into the bushes and you are raped. Like, right. that, like, obviously, just there's so many situations. It's almost like you have to take them one at a time. And that's sort of where I go back to you need that spectrum. Have you ever been in an uncomfortable situation before? Oh, always. I, I, I think, I think most women have, even if they don't realize it or know it or whatever. I think most women have probably been in an uncomfortable situation. Is there one that we would be surprised by that you would feel comfortable hmm. talking about? Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. You sort of put me on the spot. No, I, that's okay. I, I, I don't have anything like on standby. I right. mean, there have been situations where, like. Oh gosh, what what is like a good thing off the top of my head that I could talk about? I mean, it's fine. I mean, if if there's nothing that really sticks out in your mind of something that after the fact made you go, "Oh my gosh, like that was really uncomfortable and I really wish I wouldn't have been there." Or maybe there's something that does stick out in your mind, you're like, "Ugh." Mhm. Well, there was one situation where I was really proud of myself because I I feel like I and this is why I feel like you really need to listen to your intuition. This was <clears throat> way back when I lived in Findlay, Ohio, and I um what what I don't even remember. It was it's so cloudy because I it was like what I think I was probably 23 mm. and I uh, met this guy for a date and then we went back to his place to watch a movie and then probably similar to the Aziz Ansari story like he had beer in his fridge so we're drinking a couple beers but I was like in my head I was like I need to not be intoxicated because right. you know alert like my intuition is like don't put yourself in a situation you can't get out of mm. so i'm keeping an eye and then i start to notice that he's got like empty beer cans all over the apartment they're on the floor there's some in the kitchen on the table and i'm just like this doesn't feel good to me this hmm. does not feel feel good i don't even remember the movie that we were watching it was something about tennis i don't know mm. which one but the movie got only into not quite even halfway and he had already had like three beers oh. and i was like you know what i have to go and he's like well we're not done with the movie and i was like i know but you know what i th- i don't know maybe i had work the next day even if i didn't i made it up i'm right. like i gotta work so i'm sorry and then i 
it just didn't feel right. And I was like, I need to remove myself. I don't know mm. if that's exactly what you were looking for, but like, I feel like that's an instance where it's like, sometimes your intuition can help guide you. And I was like, I feel like I was being set up for something bad to happen. No, I, that's fucking brilliant. I mean, that to me is a perfect example of how you have to be aware of your surroundings. And everyone always makes fun of me because, girl, my eyes are always peeled open in the front and the back and the sideways about what situation <laughs> I'm in and where I am. And that's a perfect analogy of how if you go to someone's house like that on a first date and you made that sort of um, uh, assessment. assessment that, hmm, Something doesn't look right here. But what's unfortunate is, and this happened to women for decades, is that you're always told not to judge, like, be nice. You know, you don't want to upset anybody. Like, for all you know, he maybe he hasn't cleaned in a year, which right. that speaks to his cleanliness I'm about to say, girl, then I really want to get the fuck out. I know. But, like, it's it's almost like you're trained not to say anything because you want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Right. Um. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Yeah. Because if they, it's it, you don't, it's not necessary, you know. Um. So I don't know. I, that's just some random memory that popped into my head. But I know there have been situations that I I can't think of anything specifically where I felt like, ugh, this is making me uncomfortable. Right. Like if someone hugs you for too long, even like if I meet listeners or whatever, and someone hugs you for just a little bit too long, then I'm like. Boom, red flag has gone up. And I'm right. like, I need to just move away. Oh. I don't know. It's just a feeling that you get. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest takeaway I feel is being vigilant mm. and knowing your surroundings if you are in the dating world and knowing that, you know, there's a real danger out there of people, Unfortunately, yeah. you know, either having malicious thoughts or. Maybe they're too, I mean, whatever the case may be, but like you have to be your best advocate in those situations. I mean, because yeah. I feel like when I was in my younger 20s, like I was so reckless with that sort of thing. And that, see, you are though, I think, in your early 20s because right. you don't know the whole picture. It's not like you're stupid, you just don't sometimes have the life experience that tells you this is not good. No, like, and I, a perfect example, I remember one time, and I've told this story before that this was way back when I lived in Savannah, right after I graduated from college. And so I was 21, and uh, I met someone on one of those websites back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I went to their, I drove to their house for a little hookup. Oh. And we were texting, I think, and they were like, hey, park across the street from my house and then come around to the back of the house. Oh, gosh. And you're going to come through the window. Oh, okay. Okay. And I did it. Oh, no, you went in through the window. I did it. Now, can you imagine 32-year-old Miguel, if I were single? Bitch, I would have been like, I'm reporting you. Yeah. I don't know what's happening, but this is- I'm not entering through something that's not a door. No, the minute you told me to park across the street from your house, I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. And so those are the sort of things I look at my 21-year-old self, and I'm like, what the I know. Literally. Like, and then- and then you just want to shake somebody. And then let me just tell you how crazy this was, and like, I just- I, it makes me just want to cry sometimes thinking about this. So I climb into this man's window, which I don't know what he looks like because it's dark in the room. Yeah. 
And so then I remember we were like just making out. And then I don't remember something happened. Like, I think I hit something and he was like, shh, be quiet. My parents are home. <sighs> like, how old are you, sir? I, exactly. Like, who knows what this situation could have been? Like, it could have escalated in a real bad way. He could have stabbed me. He could have taken my kidney. I yeah. could have ended up in a bad, like, yeah. That, that, it's fuck? those times I, I think a lot of people have those moments where they're like wow I was insanely stupid at that time yes uh, and thank goodness nothing bad happened or if something bad did happen I'm so sorry like do you the, these are the moments when you make mistakes as a human mm. mm-mm, mm-mm. I just and you know I feel- I'm so thankful I got out of that guy's apartment like he called me a couple of days later whatever and I never answered <laughs> I straight up ghosted that bitch too I did not I did not text but I don't think we even texted back then is that a thing no, nobody yeah. texted because you Text cost per minute. It was 10, 10 cents per message. And believe me, Clear Channel was paying for my telephone at that time. <laughs> and my boss was like, I see how many texts you send. Knock it off. Oh. So I was like, I couldn't text people. You had to call. Uh. So he called me a couple times and I just didn't answer. You're I was like, like, sorry about you. And that was a small town. Did you ever run into him ever again? I did not. Wow. I did not. Oh, speaking of that small town, there used to be a guy <laughs> named Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez of Saved by the Bell fame? <laughs> yeah. This guy, Mario Lopez, that lived in that area, would come out to remote sometimes. Seemed like the nicest guy, just a, a radio listener. Okay. And he was like, you know, would win prizes from us and stuff. And I always was like, oh, it's all Mario Lopez. And then years later, like five years later, my uh, former boss who still works in that town was like, listen, I just saw in the newspaper, Mario Lopez was arrested for domestic battery. What? I was like, not Mario Lopez. Like, you never know about a bitch. I'm just saying. Like, old nice Mario Lopez that used to come out to the remotes and stuff and was arrested for domestic violence. That's what's so scary about sort of as you date and, like, trying to understand who people are. Mm. Because it takes such a long time for you to get to know someone. Like, what was that stat you read this morning in the show about you shouldn't get or think about marriage until a year in? Yeah, they said that you shouldn't, you certainly shouldn't get married within a year. Uh, And they said you should be with someone for at least a year before you uh, make the decision to, I guess. I don't remember what the exact wording was. It was something along those lines Mm -hmm. where it's like, it just takes a while for you to know someone. Mm. Because for a long time, obviously you're putting on your best foot you're putting your best face forward, right? right? Um, and then, you know, once you sort of let your guard down a little bit and you let people see you're crazy, like I, I let my guard down, I, I can be my crazy self around you're my boyfriend. Like, I can be like, ooh, I'm crazy, girl. No, so, like, that is a whole nother. It's like you're continually learning about the other person. Now, Holly, switching gears here, uh, you and your boyfriend just moved in with each other. Yes. Um What the hell, Miguel? <laughs> By the way, has anyone does anyone use this actually? I don't <laughs> think so anymore. <laughs> I think they do. So And does any has anyone in the last fifty years walked down the aisle <laughs> to here comes the bride? Because I feel like the answer is no. Anyway. Uh well, what what is the question? So you two just moved in with each other yeah. like three weeks ago, yeah. a month ago, and you two are approaching, 
your one-year anniversary mm-hmm. this weekend. We are. Actually, yesterday was the day of the first message, oh. like first contact. You know, he added me a couple days ago, a year ago, and then I messaged him yesterday, a year ago. So Now, what does this mean for the future? This doesn't mean anything. What, the fact that we're on our one-year anniversary? I mean, I'm not forcing anything on you. Are I'm you just, not? I'm not. I'm just okay. trying to ask questions I mean, listen, as a concerned friend who's curious what's going to happen. We have spoken about it, obviously. Um, I think we're both on the same page of, like, I wouldn't be opposed to getting married. Right. Um, but I'm not also in this tremendous hurry where I, I mean like i'm like hey hey mm, hey mm. i'm not i i feel like i like where we are and i like how things are progressing and i don't know for him too i feel like he's still newly divorced right. so i i don't want him to feel like he's got to jump into another marriage right away right i mean i have to look at things from both of our perspectives so what's the appropriate amount of time here like a year <laughs> <Damn> it, Miguel! <laughs> You have that smirk where one corner of your mouth goes up a little bit and you smile and you're like, what you should do. There is a trailer for this movie coming out. uh, I think it's this Friday called Truth or Dare with like Tyler Posey uh, from Teen Wolf. And this is whole thing uh, where like basically if you don't do the truth or the dare, then you die. What? Oh, yeah. It's a, where is this going? It, it's a horror movie. Well, oh, okay. in it. So what happens is like, like once you get this curse on you, like I saw the trailer this weekend. Um, what happens is like you'll look into the mirror and it's really creepy. And so then like your face will reflect back, but it'll be you with this creepy ass smile. And when I saw the smile, I was like, I think I do that smile sometimes. <laughs> I feel so scared right now. I I don't. I want to watch. I really. I want to see the picture of what the smile looks like. Truth or dare, out? smile. Movie. Oh my god! Does that signify that you're gonna die? Oh my god! What does it signify it or not? Like, well, you, pretty much. I mean, it just means that you have to do whatever uh, they tell you. Uh, here, come here, Helen. Oh Jesus! Hold on a minute. Look, this is. <laughs> So if you, because you, I, I was going to put it on social media, but who knows when you'll listen to this. But if you just Google truth or dare smile oh. and then just type movie, truth or dare smile movie, and then go to images on Google, you'll see the smile that they make. Oh. I feel like that's what my face looks like sometimes. That is exactly what you look like when you are about to say something fresh or get a little crazy. Mm-hmm. You're doing it right now. It's creepy as fuck. Please fix your face. So next time. Oh, God. All right. So ah! I, can't. Well, I can't get that out of my head now. I know. Actually, we're interviewing Tyler Posey Thursday. <laughs> yes, we are. The guy from uh, Teen Wolf, which I have to, like, oh, I think we only have, like, eight minutes with him, so I got to make sure that I don't spend Please five don't minutes talking about Teen Wolf. Please girl about him and just focus on this movie. And be like, oh, my God, it's Tyler Posey. Okay, sorry. What were you talking about before? All um, this? so before my mischievous <laughs> truth or dare grin came out. Um, oh no, so I said like what do you think the timeline oh. is for I don't know. What's the appropriate time? <laughs> or or is it just up to your boyfriend Justin? Yeah. I I mean, it's and I I don't want to put 
pressure on him because I mean, is it awkward talking? Man, yeah, it's a little awkward. It's a little awkward because I don't know his heart. I don't know. Like, I I think he wants to marry me. Okay, that was weird saying that. Oh, Shit. Holly! But Holly! 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 She's gonna marry! 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 I won't get married! She wants to get married! Well, I'm, gr- here's the thing, though. Ball's in his court, and I'm not putting pressure, okay? I'm not like, marry me, bitch. I'm not. I'm not. In fact, before I met him, I was firmly in the I'm not getting remarried camp because I I just thought that was, why would I want to do that? Right. And that sort of changed my mind. I guess that's what happens. Never say never. Um, But the ball's in his court. I mean, I... I'm not I I'm not putting any pressure. You said you thought it would happen before the year is out. And yeah. I feel like that is jangling around in his brain like he's putting himself on that deadline now. He's probably got anxiety about it about how like if he doesn't do it by the end of this year, oh my god, Miguel's not going to be right with his prediction and he's not going <laughs> he's going to let me down and all this and that. No, no. It doesn't have to be this year. It doesn't have to be next year. I mean, here's what I I I feel I think that you two will get engaged relatively soon, but I think it'll be a long time for the wedding. Here's what I have to say about a wedding. Planning a wedding sucks. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry if you just got engaged and I'm the first person and or only person that's told you that. It is a shit show of responsibility and uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Mm. You have to go over everything, like with a fine tooth comb. Details. Yes, and there's just so many things. <sighs> God, <laughs> that's a lot. That's why I feel like I can see you two having a long engagement because then you'll want to like save up, you know, because you two aren't <laughs> spring chickens anymore. Excuse me. I'm just saying, listen, Holly, you're not, no one's paying for your wedding this time, okay? Sorry, Tim. Hey, Dad. <laughs> Tim O'Connor's like, a new phone, who this? <laughs> you know, I know. And so, um, I I don't know. There, we, we have not talked about any of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if he wants to do like a second wedding and have it be big or small or I, I don't I we really haven't talked about that. Um, so that really I, I wouldn't mind a long engagement because that gives you plenty of time to just enjoy each other. Right. No, I agree. So I don't know. Can we please have him on the podcast, please? Yes. Let's because do it. he needs to be able to, I feel like the worst person. I'm just like speaking for him, making all these bold proclamations. He's got no say. Awful. <laughs> I'm sorry, Justin. No, it's fine. Listen, Holly, this what? is your job. This is what I you do. Know. I mean, you know, it does suck for your boyfriend particularly because he used to work in radio. And so to not have that microphone in this case, because he does have a podcast. Right. But to and he talks about football, but not to be able to do it in this light, I know it must be frustrating for him because I can only imagine if I was in his shoes, I'd be like, ah, I know. If it were the other way around, I would be sitting and listening to this in my car or wherever and being like, no, let me, shit, can I say something? Like, I would just be so frustrated. I know I would be. So I know he gets frustrated too. Well, we got to find a weekend where you all are, don't have any uh, extra responsibilities Mm -hmm. and then uh, we can come up here and get it done. Okay, let's do it. We can make it happen. But it can't be this weekend, and it can't be next weekend. Oh. These are our two next weekends of no responsibilities, by the way. But then um, then we have responsibilities. And then I think we're going to California. 
Oh, that's fun. Oh, maybe Sunday. Maybe Sunday. What? Wait, this Sunday? Yeah. Well, it would have to be oh, early. Okay, that, well, that's or, not happening. Early-ish. That's not. Uh, we could do it before brunch. We'll talk about it. Oh, Okay. We'll talk about it. Okay. We'll plan it. Uh, but no, but 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 that's exciting though. I mean, I'm I'm excited for where the two of you are headed. Yeah. It's a good direction, and so it's really exciting to sort of see it grow from. So this guy who used to work in radio added me on Facebook. Like, who is this? To now you're living together, and he's gonna propose at some point. Oh my god! Why am I such a dumbass? Um, <laughs> I just said that out loud. Um, sweet though. So here's sometimes what happens to me. You know, because you and I know you're like this. I know you, and maybe you listening are like this too. You sometimes stop and take stock of your surroundings and go, and you just appreciate the current moment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I look at him, like when we're watching TV or in bed or whatever, and I just look at him, and I'm like. If you would have told, because we worked in the same building simultaneously, by the way, like for a few months when before we got fired mm-hmm. from back in the CBS days, and I don't know that we ever crossed paths because he probably came in later and we left earlier and whatnot. But like, if someone would have pointed him out and been like, "You're gonna be like, I'll snuggle up with this guy in bed in a few years," I'd be like, "Get the." fuck out of here like yeah. that's crazy that's crazy because you were married he I was, was married, married. He was married and they'd be like oh you know the commish justin palowski yeah him i'd be like what Who? and then the fact that it is and it has worked out <clears throat> so beautifully and so perfectly and how it was supposed to mm-hmm. it really blows my mind sometimes and so i don't know i just i don't know why i decided to go off on that tangent but it's just cool to take stock sometimes i do feel like that's a perfect example of you have to, if you're single, and I know if you've been single for a long time because that was me, and when people say, well, you know, if you're not looking for it, it'll happen, just wait, there's someone for everyone, and you're like, no, there's not. There's nobody for anyone. Yeah, there's, no, there's not ever anybody that is me. I will die and- alone and cats will eat my body. <laughs> okay. I will die because I will eat too many Little Debbie snack cakes. Mm-hmm. Like, that was me. But then the universe says, hold my beer, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Watch this. And then, boom, you have your boyfriend. Yeah. It's like we want everything to happen on our timetable right now. Right. I'm a firm believer in it's not my timetable. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's the universe. It's God. It's whatever you want to say it is. That's my timetable because I get things when I am ready for them. I wasn't ready for him in my 20s. And we were like, you know, we wasted all that time in our 20s. We could have been together. I wasn't ready. I am sure, 100% positive, that I was not ready for the amazing, all the amazing things that he has to offer. I was not ready. Maybe he wasn't ready for me either. I mean, it's very possible. But we weren't ready to be together until now. He wasn't so, ready for your crazy back then. No, girl. I'm fucking crazy. Yeah, he had he had to take some lessons in life. He did. We both did. Right. And so I was not ready. Same thing with like a job, for example, like this hot one on one five job that we have. We weren't ready. We needed lessons for whatever reason. We needed whatever time it took. Then we were ready. And it's like it comes to you when you're ready or maybe a little bit before. Because right. life gives you that little extra space, <clears throat> I think, in order to step up and be the person that you need to be to have it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, then it'll go away from you and it's like, oh, nope, you're not ready. Because some people don't ever achieve what they're supposed to achieve. Because I believe you have to step up into it. Like, it might not be exactly what you thought it was going to be, but then you, like, step up into it and you're mm-hmm. like, 
and that's always what we say about taking leaps too, by the mm-hmm. way, you, the net appears. So you, maybe the timing and you feel like you can't take anymore and you take that final leap and then it appears right. but you had to meet it halfway. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you had to take that leap. So you grow into in that moment where you need to be. Right. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. You know that I just had sort of an aha, an epiphany, an aha moment. I feel like I gave myself an epiphany. I know, right? I'm like, oh. Mm -hmm. I think right now what my boyfriend and I are going through, uh, Mr. Silver Fox. Yes. Is that I think the lesson I'm learning, because for the past few days, I've been struggling with the amount of time that we spend together. And we were talking this weekend, and I was like, sometimes I feel like I need you to let me know that when you have to work a lot, like I get it, I understand that, because I have a job that takes up a lot of time some sometimes, and I've talked about this before, but I need you to like let me know that, that you still miss me, or that, you know, and like then just last night, you know, he told me that he's going overseas for two weeks in May, end of May going into June for his brother's wedding. And I was like, there was like a pause of like five seconds, and I was like, don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. And I was like, you know what? I'm re-. And then I was like, you know what? I'm happy because your family needs this. Mm-hmm. They went through a tragedy and they lost someone very close to them some years ago. And they haven't been able to do this sort of let's travel together and we're going to celebrate new life in our family and let's do it. And so it's really awesome. So I had to take my selfish, selfish selfishness out of it. And then as I'm sitting, I was listening to you talk. And I was just thinking to myself, I think as nice and giving as I am, I'm also very selfish. And I think we all are. I mean, to a certain extent. We are. But I feel like with me, I take it a little extra. And I and I don't think I do it in a mean way. But in just thinking about, you know, how I grew up and the experiences that I went through that were very difficult for me mm-hmm. and how I use that a lot of time as a crutch to be like, well, because I grew up like this and I didn't get what I needed because of this, I can now do this. I can demand this, even if it's not fair to the other person. Right. And so putting that on other people is not fair because that wasn't their fault. And it's not, they're not your therapist. No, they're not. And so in sort of putting, you know, and it's sort of thinking about, okay, I'm I, I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm not disappointed. I'm sad that I won't see him for two weeks. But, like, what am I supposed to say? Like, don't go. Yeah. Like, don't go to your brother's wedding. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I would never say that. And so I think, and I'm talking through as I'm thinking, I think right now with this relationship and, like, right now where we are, I think I'm learning patience and, like, how to be selfless Mm. and that's what being in a relationship really is it is because there's a lot of times where you know because of the nature of like what we do we get a lot of attention yeah and you know we have our names as a big logo on a door and we get pictures taken of us and we have stuff that we sign and you know our job is us and people constantly want us and so i love that and that's great and i love you listening but you always want the person that is with you to want you in that way as well. But that's a whole different sort of want, you know? And so I think I'm having to separate that because I've all, this is the only thing I've known Mm -hmm. is radio. Yeah. It's not fulfilling that same need. Right. Like he still, he does do that, but he's more. Right. 
And that sort of want that you get from a lot of people is very surface level. Mm-hmm. And he wants more of what's underneath. And maybe it doesn't look the same. Right. Exactly. Because I think that growing up, the love that I received, and my mom and, my mom and I have talked about this, and because I know she listens, and I don't want her to like feel bad listening to this, but I think I've said before that when I was growing up, she had a hard time showing love the way that I needed to be shown love Mm -hmm. because um, she was a single mom. She had a lot going on. Mm -hmm. She dealt with depression issues. And so uh, trying to work through all that, and then when you have a needy kid like me who was like, I need attention all the time. Yeah. You know, and there was times where I didn't get it. And so I feel like I'm learning how to communicate that, but then also understand that, you know, it's not always the Miguel show. Right. But, well, not not just that, but that um, <clears throat> I think that's still that self-work where you're okay with who you are. Right. Not by yourself, because you like to be part of the couple. Right. And I, so do I. But it's like you're okay with who you are, and you're not looking to the other person for validation. Mm-hmm. You don't need him to validate you. Right. You've validated yourself, right. and that I think it it helps the 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 whole. Right. So right. that I I we can talk about that till I'm blue in the face till the cows come home. That is a continual work. Mm. That's not we. I think we maybe even touched on this like a year ago on a podcast, mm-hmm. and then it's not like once we talked about it that one time it's fixed. It's like oh it's done it's good we're great. It's your life's mission. It's right. your life's goal. Like you've always struggled with issues of. <clears throat> Uh, being enough. Right. And so you can make a breakthrough and then life goes on and you do your job and then you got to pay taxes and then you're going on this trip and you forget. You forget all those lessons that you learned. So then it's like it crops up again, probably at the right time when you need it. And you're like, oh, wait, wait, Mm. wait, wait, wait. I learned a lesson and I've sort of of forgotten along the way. Right. Uh, I need to be okay with myself. Not by myself, but I mean, you should be, obviously. But like, I love me. I'm enough. I'm fine. I'm mm-hmm. I'm offering something fantastic. Mm-hmm. I forget it. And there's all those lessons that I learned like when I was unemployed and pregnant, sitting around doing nothing for a long time. Right. I watched a lot of Super Soul Sunday mm. and you glean these great tidbits. I even took notes. Mm-hmm. You should look for that journal um, because it's really eye-opening and it really helps. It's sort of like, you know, um, self-help, self-therapy about how to get right with yourself in your head mm-hmm. and deal with items um and so i was like good when i was pregnant although probably heading towards depression and then like my was born and it got all kinds of crazy and over the course of the years you get busy like i said with life like mm-hmm. i i'm raising a daughter now but then sometimes like one i'll see a quote from like deepak chopra or something and i'm like oh mm. yeah oh i forgot that eckhart totally exists and that you mm-hmm. should find yourself in the moment and breathe and blah blah blah, blah. and i'm right. like Wow, I have I forgot that I learned all that stuff and I made me a better person and then I slumped back into like life happened. The the rather less perfect version <laughs> of myself. So now I got to do the work and build myself back up. Right. And hopefully your perfect partner or the partner that is great for you will help you with yeah, that. Definitely. It's so fascinating sort of ex- exploring myself and exploring him. And, like, figuring out how to mesh it together. Yes. Because I think for him as well, on the other side, like, I don't think he's ever had a boyfriend like me before that 
can communicate what I need mm. and also has expectations of him. Yeah. Because I've had relations like relationships before where I didn't communicate what I needed. I sort of was just there and I was like, well, let's just go out and get drunk and have fun and we'll go to dinner. And like that's being in a relationship. That's it. Yeah. Whereas now it's like we talk about things, we explore, uh, you know, like we had this whole big discussion um, this past weekend about like money and sort of like how we look at it and like why we look at it. Because of, of all things, it started with us arguing about if I should lease or buy a car. Oh. And he was like, I really think that you should lease a car because you don't drive that much and yeah. you, re- you want a nice new car. Yeah. But you don't want to pay the payments if you buy it new. And I was like, well, no, I don't want to. I want to buy a car. Granted, we were at dinner and we were drunk and we, were, we had had wine. <laughs> Those are the best conversations though Seriously. Sometimes. And we went to this restaurant by my house so we were like walking back and like it was nine o'clock at night and we're both drunk talking about finances talking about finances and standing in front of my house and i was like you know me i'm like i get dramatic and i was like listen the reason why i want to buy a car is because if i lose everything i know that i have a place to sleep and i can sleep in that car because i own it if i lose everything and he was like that's deep yeah that's a whole different layer he was like i never like that i Wow, he was like, I need to process that for a second because yeah. I never even I just you lease car, you buy a car, you like, car, da, da, da. and I'm like, to me, these material things symbolize so much more because I never had them. Yeah, and as a person who grew up with nothing, I always think about it could always be taken away, and I and think then, even yeah, Oprah talked about that. You know, she's a fucking billionaire, and she's like, there are some days you still walk into the bathroom and you're like, hmm, I grew up with an outhouse. Mm-hmm. We would have to walk outside in the middle of the night. And now I got 10 bathrooms, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so I still think about that sort of thing. Like, if I had zero dollars, if we lost this job, if I lost my townhouse, if I had that car, at least I know I have a place to sleep. Yeah. And then he said, you don't think that you would not have a place to sleep except for that car? And I was like, I know. It's so hard for me to fight that because I felt like I've always just been scrapping you know, for myself. Right. And it's hard to get out of that mentality. It's so hard because we go out to dinners and I just remember we were not allowed to go to dinner that often because we did not have the money. Mm-hmm. And if we did go, we had to go to the Loose Moose Cafe <laughs> where it was two for one burgers. And could I get macaroni and cheese today? No, you will get a burger because it's buy one, get one free burger. Did you at least get fries? I'm sure it came with fries. Uh, hopefully so. Loose Moose. Come maybe on, that's pony why, up. Maybe that's why I don't like burgers as much. It, I don't know. It's probably why. Crazy. So like, but that's the thing. So we go out to eat and, I'm, and then, and I know you do this exact same thing. I look at the menu when I get to a place that I want to go to and then I'm like, okay, that would be awesome. And then I look at the price and I'm like, oh shit, come on, come on. Get the fuck out of here. Or I look at it and it's like market price and I'm like, not ever going to get that. You don't put the price on it. That's no instantly. So then I look for the the next best thing that's a reasonable price. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, that's what I get. Mm-hmm. Because I cannot, even now when we're doing okay, it's those little things that you, that you keep with you that you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Or same thing with like lately. I would say with only within the last maybe six months, I've started being kind of okay with swinging by a Starbucks mm, in the afternoon. Right. That is very foreign to me. Right. Because um, growing up and even into my 20s and early 30s, you did not, that's excess stuff that you don't no, need. absolutely Why not. would you ever like buy coffee in the afternoon? That's like the most luxurious mm-hmm. 
Like any sort of, or if like uh, my ex-husband, when we would go to a gas station sometimes, he'd be like, oh, let me run and get like a, you know, a energy drink. And I was like, get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> You're here to buy gas. Do you know? And then, of course, I get on my soapbox. So he would go and buy it because nothing that I said made a difference. No. He'd be like, okay, that's cool. Let me go get my energy drink. So then I, I would come back and I'm like, how much did that cost? Like two ninety five. So if you get something like that every day for two ninety five, suddenly now you're spending, let's round it up to three. Right. So now suddenly you're buying, uh, what, like $15 worth of stuff in a mm-hmm. week. And if you continually do that, you could have saved so much money because did you really need that? Like, all of this goes right. through my head. And he was like, I just wanted an energy drink. Right. So it's just been recently that I'm like, I'm getting a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. But then even when I'm there, I'm like, God, this is so wasteful. I did that the other day. Ugh. I was at Publix and they have the cracker cuts of cheese that are already cut up. Yeah. And it was the extra sharp and it was four ninety nine. And I was like, they have that big block of cheese you can get for $2 exactly. and you can just cut it up yourself. But it's already cut up. And I was like, you know what? I'll get it. Yeah. And You're I like, was like, splurge. I got $4.99 cheese, girl. <laughs> and it's not even boys' head. One time I bought, we bought um, uh, pre cut up Brussels sprouts. Oh. <laughs> you know, they sell Brussels sprouts for $1.99 a bag. These Brussels sprouts were like $5. I was like, why? Wait, why are we doing this? He's like, well, we can pay for convenience sometimes. I was like, all I'm doing is cutting Brussels sprouts. <laughs> but you know why I didn't do it? At freaking Fresh Market, oh, they God. had green beans, like a little package of them. They had like the bell peppers and the onions and the something else, the garlic in it. And it was $7.99. <gasps> and then they had a big, big bag of just regular old green beans for $2.99. I said, get the fuck out of here. Like, I will season my own goddamn green beans. <laughs> That's too fucking much, okay? Like, I can splurge on some $4.99 <laughs> Cracker Cuts cheese. cheese, but not on the damn green beans fresh. But get the fuck out of here. I know. Get out of here with your pre-seasoned green bean shit. Okay, all no, right. we probably need to go. Yeah, it's time. Episodes. We'll spend an hour. I, I can't stop. Like, this could go all day, <laughs> just floating from one topic to the next. Um, and people wonder how we live together. This, this is how. This, this is how we live and work together. We have been, we did a morning show today for three hours. Yeah. And then did some more stuff. And then we just did an extra hour just talking. Yeah. Just talking. I could probably talk to you for another hour after this. I mean, just be sitting in the office and just chit-chatting it up. I'm saying. All right. Well, Holly, what is all of your social media? Mine is Radio Holly on Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Twitter. And you can find me on Facebook at Holly on Hot (laughs) 101.5. I don't know. Do you know where you are? I forgot. Uh, Like, it's just weird because I was like, what is on Facebook? Somebody, People sometimes message Holly on Hot 101.5 thinking it's, Hot 101.5. And they're like, I'd like to request a song. And I'm like, no, that's all right. What do you want, girl? You're like, I will get you. It's fine. I will somehow get you. What's you? Uh, my name is Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. And if you just do Facebook.com slash Radio Miguel, mm. you can find my Facebook page there. You can get Miguel and Holly uncensored online at Hot1015TampaBay.com. You can get it on the Hot 101.5 app for free or you can always go to iTunes and you can just type in Miguel and Holly uncensored on there. Just make sure to rate and subscribe. We will see you next week. Want more Miguel and Holly? Listen to past episodes of Miguel and Holly uncensored at Hot1015TampaBay.com, the Hot1015 app, or on iTunes.